just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. All kinds of news happening across the world, across the country, and right here in my own frickin' state. We'll get to that in a moment. First, I have an email from a woman who would prefer I don't give her name out. After reading the email, I get it. Your secret is safe with me. She starts out, Hi, Mike. First of all, I love your podcast and your TikToks. Thank you for your insightful and intelligent content. I like her already, don't you? (laughs) I wanted to bring this to your attention. I live in Washington County, Maryland, and we have a man running for sheriff that is a confirmed member of the Oath Keepers. The local news, the Herald Mail, has had one, yes, one whole article about this, and it was months ago. It was about to pick up on some smaller articles and other news sources, but nothing more has been printed. No one has investigated that I've seen where he was on January 6th or if he had a hand in the insurrection. It angers me that it's not bigger news in our area. He will most likely win as his family name is known well in the area. And then she gives me a link. Oathkeeper's hack exposes law enforcement officers across U.S. And uh, that is at USA Today. In the comments on the original article, most people were just overjoyed by the prospect of someone like him becoming sheriff. But we also have a rather large white nationalist population in the area. So maybe it's to be expected. Washington County is also the place where the uh, trucker convoy made home base. They sat for weeks at a racetrack until they were told to leave due to upcoming races. If you do discuss this, please keep me anonymous as we are neighbors of his grandfather that he visits regularly. I get it. I won't say your name, but I'd give you a tip here. First, move the fuck out of Crackerville there. I mean, Jesus. You know, it's funny. This is what we're seeing across the country. You know, we see things that these people do, whether it be involved in the insurrection, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, anti-abortion, whatever it fucking is. And you'd like to think that people will see this, and it was a small pocket of people, and they'd think they're crazy, and they'd cancel them out. Unfortunately, there are entire areas like this area here that this woman lays out that it's just replete with these fucking crazy bastards. And there's not much you can do with that. I mean, you can't possibly teach them anything. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear anything that's different than what they know or are being told by Fox News or Donald Trump or the Republicans. It's a tough situation. I can appreciate that. And I don't know that there's anything you can do about it. Here's the thing. When Donald Trump came into office, we opened Pandora's box, essentially. And what I mean by that is the racism, the misogyny, and the anti-Semitism, white supremacy that you're seeing here now, has always been here. It's not more than we've ever had before. 
What happened was, over time, these people were shamed under rocks, and they hid there. They had these beliefs, they had these feelings, they acted this way, but you didn't see them much because they were hidden. They didn't feel comfortable about coming up above the surface so that you could see them because they were afraid. Well, when Donald Trump came into office, he then opened Pandora's box, if you will. He gave them oxygen, gave them a chance and a reason to come up from under the rocks. They felt safe coming out. After all these years feeling unsafe, they felt safe because their leader, the president of the United States at the time, was speaking their language. So now we've got, uh, you know how you get a fever blister or a... Or a cold sore, you can feel it coming, you know. It doesn't show yet, but you can feel it coming. You know it's coming in. It's a little bubbling under the surface. And then it explodes above the surface, and it looks fucking horrible. That's exactly what we got with these racist, misogynist, white supremacist, anti-Semite pieces of shit. They've always been there, but they're like a fever blister bubbling to the top, and Donald Trump let, let them gave them permission to come to the surface. The only thing we can hope to do is push them back under the surface. We're not going to get rid of them. We're not going to change their minds. We just have to take them out of the equation, get them out of the mainstream, stop their voices. That's kind of why I do what I do with TikTok. Well, there's a bunch of reasons why I do this. But on my TikToks, I don't get a lot of trolls. And over time, uh, I used to get a lot. I used to want to argue with them, and then I didn't. And then they became kind of a risk because they wanted to take down your videos and ban your account. And I didn't want to do that. So I just blocked all of them. And now it got to a point where I just want to take away any oxygen they can have. Whenever I get a troll on TikTok at this point, it's usually some clown with two followers, no content, and he makes some stupid remark. He'll say, you're crazy, or you're old, or you're whatever, you know? There's no substance to it. He can't argue a point. He's just trying to be difficult. He's trying to create some chaos in my account. So the best thing to do is shut them down, push them back under the rocks, and that's what we have to do in this country. I mean, that's really the only option. We're not going to get rid of these fucks because these people were trained by their parents who were trained by their parents. And now these fucking idiots are parents and they're training other people, their kids, to be the same way. And most people aren't sharp enough to say, well, you know, that's not a good thing. Maybe I'll think for myself here. Maybe I'll make a decision that's based on substance and truth and reality as opposed to what mom and dad told me. Most fuckers won't do that. Never understood that. People will come to me and say, well, I do this or I do that because my mom and dad did it, and it's just natural that I would do it. I have a theory, though. When you grow up and become an adult, you do know the difference between right and wrong. You can look at what your parents did and say, you know, that was wrong. Maybe I should do it different. Instead, what they do is they just copy what their parents did and blame it on the parents because it's easier just to fucking act out and be ridiculous. 
So I don't know that we can ever retrain these people. All we can do is keep trying to push them back under the rocks. Unfortunately, that's not going to be easy. It's going to take some time. They are going to be with us for the time being. But we have to get into the process of shaming these people, taking oxygen away from them, and putting them back under the rocks. That's the best we can hope for. So uh, I can empathize with you living in a town like this. And I'm afraid the only thing you can do to fix that situation is move the fuck out of the town. I mean, let them fester on their own. There's no reason you should have to deal with this kind of stuff. And I understand if you're from a town and uh, it's a bad town, but your family's there, it's a little hard to move out. I get that. But don't stress yourself out trying to fix this situation because you can't. It's too widespread. There's too much of it. And you're not going to be able to fix it. So you've got two choices to deal with it and wait for them finally to be pushed back under the rocks or move the fuck out of Crackerville. You know, I'm sorry to say that's, in my opinion, the only options you have. You can't fix these people because they are unfixable. All right. Now, I was talking about a news story. We've got them across the world, across the country. And I got a fucked up news story right here in my hometown, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota prosecutors declined to file charges against a Minneapolis SWAT team officer who fatally shot Amir Locke while executing an early morning no-knock search warrant in a downtown Minneapolis apartment building this past February. You remember the story. The uh, cops broke in with a no-knock warrant guy sleeping on a couch. He grabs for a gun. They shoot him. This all happens within nine seconds. Now, Locke was not named in the warrant. He was the wrong guy. He wasn't the guy they were looking for. He was shot after police say he pointed a gun in the direction of the officers. Now, here's the problem. We all saw the body cam footage. We saw him waking up out of a dead sleep, You see him grab a gun, and the gun is pointed at the floor, and then within seconds after that, he is shot and killed. Now, they're saying that uh, he pointed the gun at the police officers. They say he pointed it at them, and that's why he was shot. But the body cam footage said something different. And when you think about it, Cops come to the door. You're asleep on the couch. There's a gun there near you for whatever reason. And it sounds like it was a legal gun. These people break in. Some people say they claim they identified themselves. But you got to remember, this kid was in his dead sleep. He's waking up. Uh, Think about it when your wife or husband or kids wake you up in the morning. For the first 10, 15, 20 seconds, you may not even know where the fuck you are. But you may know that you're in danger because somebody has just broken into an apartment that you're in and you may not understand why. You have no reason to think it's police. It could be anybody. And if he had a gun, clearly he maybe had some concerns. So the police come in the door, no knock search warrant, come in the door. He grabs a gun. It's not pointed at a cop. I don't care what anybody says. It's very clear. 
in the body cam footage. And within nine seconds, he is shot and killed. Let's forget about the body cam footage. How in the world can somebody come up from a dead sleep, grab a gun, point it at a police officer, get shot and killed in nine fucking seconds? That doesn't happen. That's just not possible. But they declined, prosecutors declined to file charges against this officer. Now, what you also need to understand is that the Attorney General, Keith Ellison, whose officers or whose office reviewed the case to determine the officer, Mark Hanneman, was justified in firing his weapon. Now, people want to make this a race issue, and maybe it is and maybe it isn't. I don't think it is, and I'll explain why in a bit. Um, The thing you need to know about Keith Ellison, maybe you know this. If you're in Minnesota, you do. Or if you watch the House of Representatives several years back, you'll know. Uh, Keith Ellison is a black man. He is a Muslim, and he's a former member of the House of Representatives. He's the one that made the call that they are not going to file charges. He's the attorney general. So you have to wonder how racism falls into this or not. Sure, the cop who shot him was white. But I think there's something more beyond this. Now, this happened while three officers were on trial in Minneapolis for killing George Floyd. Right after this happened, Mayor Jacob Pry instituted a moratorium on no-knock search warrants. Like, oops, that was a bad idea. Somebody died, so we're going to stop doing that. I got to think there might have been some more knowledge about whether this was a good idea or not. Now, people will want to make this about race, and it may very well be this white officer shooting this young black man. But what I think it's more about, honestly... It's about poorly trained police officers, a SWAT team officer, no less. He goes into an apartment. He sees a gun. He shoots and kills somebody. Personally, I think that uh, the police officer was ill-trained. He was scared, and he reacted. And that's one of the biggest problems we have, a, 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 a perpetual problem we have in policing these days. And it's on both sides of the coin. Police officers go into a situation where somebody might have a gun and it might seem dangerous. They've seen cops get shot, so they shoot first and ask questions later because they're nervous. They're scared. On the other side of the coin, you have uh, suspects who are used to seeing cops shooting black people. So they're scared. They may react uh, faster than they should. Now, that wasn't the case in this situation. But you see the problem here. You got two people going into a situation, both scared to death that the other one's going to shoot them. So it's a matter who shoots first survives. This is a no-win situation. Somebody's going to get killed. Somebody's going to die. It could be a cop. It could be a suspect. I think the real problem here is is that... uh, We've got police departments and police officers that aren't trained properly. They don't know what to do, and they're too scared. And frankly, 
I understand the fear factor. And if it's you or me in that same situation, it's natural that we would act out of fear because we don't know any better. But our police officers should be trained better. They should be able to de-escalate a situation and not just jump and shoot out of fear. This goes back to what I've said about the police departments all along. Some people agree with me. Some people disagree. I don't care. It's just a matter of you've got a problem. How do you fix it? Now, when George Floyd was killed, everybody was talking about defund the police, which is fucking absolutely stupid. It's bad messaging. It's not going to help you. And defunding the police is not the answer. I think the answer is getting better police. Now, what I mean by that is police officers don't get paid a lot of money. Um, And the training they get, I mean, I've never gone through police training, but I've known some police officers, and it's a little suspect. If you've got somebody that's a little off mentally or has some emotional issues, they are going to be a danger in that job. And I think instead of defunding the police, what we do need to do is raise the level of police officers. We need to pay them more. But if we're going to pay them more, we need to demand more from them. And what I mean by that is the training has to be extensive and they have to they have to take test and pass test both both for uh, physical ability, mental ability and emotional ability. And you run them through the ringer for 3 to 6 months or longer, whatever it takes. So that you're going to only take the best of the best, the people that are most suited to deal with people in that same situation. And then you make them accountable. There is no union that's going to save their ass no matter how fucked up they act. They get a chance. If they make a mistake, they're gone. They're done. Because their mistakes are life and death. Citizens of this country, this town are being killed because they're poor reactions. They should be trained and tested and paid a lot of money because that's how important that job is. We don't need to defund the police. We need to make the police a more professional organization. We need it to have better people in the police department. And if you want to draw more people to it, you give them the proper training. You pay them what they are deserving of, Uh, being in a situation like that. Unfortunately, we can't do much with what suspects and how they react to things. But hopefully, if you get people that know how to de-escalate certain things and uh, make the situations better, hopefully we can calm this fear against fear thing down. That's where our problem lies, and that's what we've got to fix. We can't get rid of police departments because that doesn't fix the situation. We just have to make our police departments better. And this situation is a perfect example. We've got a guy that was scared shitless, shot and killed an innocent man. He gets off free and clear. So what kind of message does that send? Well, we can fuck up, but uh, we'll get away with it. So it's no big deal. These people have to be accountable. And uh, police unions make sure they're not accountable. So the police unions have to be addressed. That problem has to be addressed. That has to be fixed. We can't be having situations where people are hiding evidence or or, uh, letting people go on 
stupid activities. Whether somebody dies on it or not, if somebody has been trained all this period of time and may paid a lot of money, they fuck up, they get fired. You and I are in our jobs. If we fuck up badly and somebody dies, well, we're fucking gone. It's over. And that seems reasonable to me. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but that's what I'm looking at. Anyhow, well, the U.S. is issuing more sanctions to Russia. A senior administration official said today we are dramatically escalating the financial shock by imposing full blocking sanctions on Russia's largest financial institution, Spurbank, and its largest private bank, Alpha Bank. The U.S. has now blocked more than two-thirds of the Russian banking sector. In alignment with G7 and the EU, they announced a ban on any new investments in Russia. Now, this is going to handcuff Russia pretty well. They are already in bad shape. Their economy is dying. Their ruble is dropping like a rock. They're having all kinds of problems. There's lines to get money, lines to get food, lines to get water, all these sorts of things. So Russia is going through some shit. Now, the administration is also putting full blocking sanctions on a new set of Russian elites and their family members, including Putin's uh, two adult daughters. Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov's wife and daughter, members of Russia's Security Council, former President Dmitry Medvedev, Medvedev, I'm sorry, and other members of Russian government. So what America is doing in this situation is squeezing them and squeezing them very tightly. The sanctions they're laying down against Russia are the greatest, the biggest in history. Nobody's ever done this to another country, certainly not America. And that's a good thing. You put the pressure on them financially and bring their country to the verge of destruction. And you would presume that that would make Vladimir Putin or any leader give in and say, okay, 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 we'll back off and... uh, Let's get rid of some of these sanctions. Unfortunately, Vladimir Putin does not do that. That's now he now he plays it. He's a narcissist. He knows only to make bigger threats. And if that threat doesn't work, he makes a bigger threat. He leaves a scorched earth. He burns all bridges because he thinks ultimately he's going to win. Now, here's the problem. We see this video from Bucha, the atrocities, the war crimes. We've got women, children, men being raped, tortured, murdered, and left dead in the streets. These are atrocities at a level we haven't seen too much, at least in things where America was involved. These things harken back to Nazi Germany, uh, Pol Pot, uh, Ceausescu, those types of situations where they're killing their own people. Now, granted, these are Ukrainians, but Ukrainians and Russians have always been 
kind of compatriots. You know, the people of these two countries have always got along. They've got relatives on either side of the border, Ukraine and Russia. They've got friends on either side of the border. So the idea of these two countries fighting makes no fucking sense. But that's because Vladimir Putin is making the calls. What I'm saying here is the sanctions are good, and we need to clamp down on these people. And if we have to bring Russia economically to its knees and destroy it, by all means, let's do it. But we have some horrific things going on in Ukraine. Innocent people being tortured, raped, and killed, and left in the streets. There's got to be another step between full-out World War III and sanctions. Vladimir Putin is a, is a bully. And there's only one way to beat a bully or stop a bully is to give him exactly what he's doling out. I've talked about this before. You know, like everybody in life, you grow up, somebody's going to bully you, no matter how cool you were. And trust me, I was fucking cool. (laughs) Kidding. Not so much. Well, you know. Anyway, but you get a bully. And if you just turn your head and walk next to the walls down the hall, they're going to keep pounding on you. They are not going to stop pounding on you until you pop them in the mouth, pop them in the snout, make them step back, make them understand that if they're going to fuck with you, there's going to be a fight, and they're in danger. Just that action will stop them from bullying you, even if they're tougher than you, because bullies don't like fights. They really don't like fights. They like making threats and having people fold and let them have their way. These people are cowards. Vladimir Putin is a fucking coward. There is no question about that. But therein lies the problem. We do something. Europe does something. We could certainly wipe out their troops in Ukraine in short order with 30 countries in NATO. But if we do that, then we have to worry about the risk of nuclear war because Vladimir Putin may or may not be fucking nuts enough to do it. So we're kind of waiting around to see if somebody in Russia finally says, enough's enough, Vladimir Putin's got to go. And I'm guessing ultimately that's what will happen, but in the process, we're seeing people dying horrific deaths, innocent people suffering immeasurably. And we got to do something about that. Now, what that is, I don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm just a fucking guy in my living room talking on a microphone. We have a bully. and There's only one way to deal with a bully. So we have to figure out how to do that and do it just short of starting World War III. That's a tough problem. I'm glad I'm not the president or a leader in another European country. But something more has to be done than the sanctions, because the sanctions are crippling the country, but the people of Russia have yet to come after Vladimir Putin, and Vladimir Putin has yet to pull back. I mean, he is pulling back only because he has to, because he's running out of resources, ammunition, the people aren't in the best morale state. But... uh, What I expect is going to happen is, while things have leveled off a little bit from Kiev and some of the bigger towns, give it a week or so while they replenish their supplies and get everything ready, they are going to hit the east, 
and the south and maybe Maripol, and they're going to hit that hard. And the the destruction we saw in these other towns we're going to see on the east side in the two independent states, in Dumbas, down to southern Ukraine. If we know that they are going to destroy that area, and if we know they're going to commit war crimes, we've got to step it up and figure out something more to stop them. If we know what's coming, and we do because we've seen what they've already done, we are remiss, we are guilty in our own right if we don't do everything we can to stop them from their next war crime sweep through eastern and southern Ukraine. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, the way it's looking, this half is going to be dedicated to the dumbfuck Trumplefucks. There is so many stupid people in the Republican Party. It's unfathomable how adults who were supposedly somehow taking care of themselves could be possibly this stupid. And the stupidest among them It might be a big tie, but she's one of the most ignorant people I've ever seen in my life, let alone politician. And that, of course, is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene's done some fucked up stuff, said some fucked up stuff. She is up for election in November. She will no doubt be out of the House of Representatives come next January because she will most certainly lose her election. But uh, until then, we are going to have to deal with the dumb fuckery that is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Jimmy Kimmel, on his TV show, made a joke about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It wasn't even really a good joke. He said, Marjorie Taylor Greene, this Klan mom, is especially upset with the three Republican senators who said they would vote for Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Um who was nominated for the Supreme Court, of course. She tweeted, Murkowski, Collins, and Romney are pro-pedophile. The, they just voted for KBJ to become a Supreme Court justice. And Kimmel, taking the easy route, a cheap joke, says, Wow, where is Will Smith when you need him? <laughs> Yeah, it's not that funny. It's not, it, you know, it's an easy one. I'd think better of Jimmy Kimmel. I would think he'd come up with something better. But that's what he said. Now, clearly, Marjorie Taylor Greene took that threat literally. She can't take a joke. She's like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, apparently. She tweeted the following. <laughs> she said, at ABC, this threat of violence against me by at Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel has been filed with at Capitol Police. <laughs> wow is right. So somehow she thinks the Capitol Police 
has jurisdiction over Jimmy Kimmel in an entirely different state. And somehow she thinks in her constitutional rights that she has protection from a joke. What's even funnier about this is that after all she's done to support and facilitate the attack on the Capitol and the Capitol Police, she thinks that they have any interest at all of protecting her. I would think she'd have a better chance of getting protection from the gazpacho police. Remember that? (laughs) Wow. Here's a woman who is desperate and flailing. She knows she's losing. Every time she opens her mouth, people laugh at her. People make a joke of her. And, and, And I'll be honest with you, when you're dealing with narcissists, and I've said this before, The worst thing you can do to a narcissist is laugh at them because they are so insecure. Everything they do is to try to create a certain perception of themselves to you. Now, if you're laughing at them, you think they're a joke, you think they're idiots, that drives them nuts. It may cause them to do something violent or do something crazy, but if you really want to get under their skin, just laugh at them. Next time you see a Trump come up to you and say some stupid shit, instead of trying to educate them, that won't work. Instead of trying to argue with them, I've learned something. When they say something like that to me, and inevitably they do it to me because they know how I think, they know I have a podcast. And I've, you know, I've got people in town here that know me that are Trump will give me shit about having a podcast. And I was explained to them, well, you know, when I was young, I got trained. I can actually put together a full sentence so the podcast seemed like the logical route. I understand why it might seem foreign to you because you can't complete a fucking thought. Not a cogent thought anyway. And, of course, that makes everything better. <laughs> Generally, they don't like talking to me because they can't. They can't uh, overpower me with their fast-talking, loud-talking, and constant-talking because I can hang in there with them on that sort of thing, too, if I really want to. But I found very quickly that that doesn't do any good. You get absolutely nowhere. You just look at them, you, <laughs> you laugh, and you walk away, and that makes them shit their pants. And there's not much they can do. You know, they're all about being the victims. And let's talk about victims. Here's one for you. Alex Jones finally sat for a deposition in the lawsuit against him by the parents of the children from the Sandy Hook tragedy. Alex Jones went on and on about how Sandy Hook was a hoax and how all the people there were crisis actors. It wasn't real at all. He went over and over this A billion times, it seemed. Parents took umbrage on this because people started attacking them. The the Trumplifucks, the red meat eaters, were going after them. These poor people lost children in Sandy Hook. Little five, six-year-old kids, they lost them. They are struggling with probably the most horrific thing to happen in their life. You get Alex Jones saying, it didn't happen, it's all a fake, it's all a hoax. Now, he knew it wasn't. 
He was just saying whatever he thought was going to get him listeners or viewers or followers or whatever the fuck he wanted. He was there really pitching this to Donald Trump because this was what Donald Trump would say. So now these people have to listen to that shit. And then on top of that, the people that listen to Alex Jones are now attacking them. So they said, fuck it, we're going to sue your ass, Alex Jones. Now, Jones had been avoiding being deposed. Oh, I'm sick. I got a dentist appointment. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then the judge got tired of it because he could see what he was doing. He was fucking around and trying to avoid it. I don't know what he thought he was going to gain by avoiding it. He knew he had to own up to it. But, but again, it goes back to what I've said about nor- narcissists. They don't like to be cornered. They don't like to be told they're wrong. And so even though it wasn't working in his best interest, uh, his best thought was to avoid it. I mean, Donald Trump does it all the time. He goes to court. You know, he's demanded in a subpoena or something. He goes to court. He loses. He goes to court. He loses. He goes to court again, and he loses. And he does this just because he doesn't want to deal with the situation. Goes back to what I said before. They're fucking cowards, and they show it every day. Well, this judge got tired of it and said, Listen, Alex, if you don't sit for the deposition, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fine you $25,000 per day you don't show up. So if you don't show up for four days, that's $100,000. If you don't show up for eight days, that's $200,000, and so forth. 12 days is $300,000. Well, that got Alex Jones' attention because I'm thinking Alex Jones is running out of money at this point. So he showed up, but he ranted like a psychopath. And this is all too typical narcissist. He said, I could have done a better job on Sandy Hook. Yeah, you think? You think you could have done a better job? And then he goes on and he says, some of the anomalies we reported on were not accurate. (laughs) That's his way of saying, yeah, I fucking lied about it. I admitted it years ago before the lawsuits. Yeah, you kind of did because you were afraid you were going to get sued. But the issue is this is all about them being holier than thou. And they are the arbiters of the truth. And they're the Democrats. And they're the ones who love you. And Alex Jones is the devil. Well, Alex going a little bit off the rails there, wouldn't you think? Definitely going off the rails. But again, this is what narcissists do. You push them into a corner. They've got no way out. $25,000 a day he has to be deposed. Then when he actually has to go be deposed, he's angry that he they have the audacity to make him back up the things he said, to face the music, if you will. He can't believe that they're making him because somehow he thinks he's special. So he goes on, he says, it's just totally insane to sit there and watch this happen and to watch them lick their chops and think we are finally going to shut down Alex Jones. They want to bully all of us. They want to control all of us. These people want to put us in prison for our speech. (laughs) There you go. It's typical. What they do, they try to flip it around 
and they try to become the victim. These are the bullies. These are the people that inflict incredible shit on people. But when they get cornered and they have no choice, they can't bullshit their way out. They can't bully their way out. They turn it around. Now you should feel sorry for them. All they're doing is their First Amendment right. Yeah, fuck you. This is a perfect illustration of a narcissist. He spreads lies, whipped up the people that believe the lies, then put the parents that lost children in Sandy Hook in danger from this rabid red meat-eating meat swarm that is Alex Jones' audience. He suggests now that uh, he's the victim, that the real victims are bullying him. He's crying about his First Amendment right, but he forgets that while he can say whatever he wants, there are consequences. And this is where Republicans and narcissists miss it. Either they don't understand the First Amendment, or they're just trying to gaslight people to make other people think the First Amendment is something different than what it is. You can say whatever you want. But there are consequences. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't do podcasts or do TikToks like I do, because they have places they work in. And when these people find out about it, whether they agree with you or not, they don't need that kind of exposure and that kind of situation that's pissing off a segment of their potential customers. So they will fire you. They will put pressure on you to stop doing that. Fortunately, I don't have that issue. I don't have people. There are people who would like to do that to me. There are people in my own family that will say things. You should stop doing that. That doesn't sound good. Well, fuck you. I don't care if you think it sounds good. I think it sounds good, and I'm going to do it. And if nobody listens, well, then maybe you're right. But if people do listen, then I'm right. And all I'm doing is exercising my First Amendment right. Now, I have to be careful what I say. Not because I have anybody hanging over me, but I don't want to do what Alex Jones did and start spewing lies and bullshit and putting other people in danger, like the lady who sent me the email. She asked me not to give her name. I'm not going to give her name. Why would I? But Alex Jones doesn't have that limitation, and that's why he's in trouble. He does have his First Amendment right. But he does have consequences, and now he's seeing the consequences. Narcissists don't like consequences. They think they're perfect. They think they're above it all. They think they're better than anybody else. So the idea that there might be consequences is fucking confusing to them. At this point, Alex Jones is flailing and spiraling out of control. Ultimately, he's going to crash. He'll be bankrupt when this is all said and done because he'll certainly lose the lawsuit. He, um, he'll be destroyed, and then he'll be standing there with his mouth open <laughs> holding his least impressive appendage, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you will be amazed that this could happen to him. While he's doing his show, he thinks about, I got all this power, I'm... I'm important. People believe everything I say. And I think at some point, he believes everything he says. Because, see, narcissists have one thing, one problem. They can't really look at themselves and be critical. And i got to be honest, for anybody in anything, 
if you want to be successful, you got to be looking at what you do. And if you're doing something wrong or badly, you got to be able to recognize that and change it. Otherwise, you're going to fail. Now, narcissists, people like him, uh, they, they don't have that ability. They think if it comes out of their mouth, then it is like the gospel from God. It can't be anything but true, and nobody should be able to question that. Now, because a lot of what comes out of their mouth is a lie, they justify it because they say, well, it'll help me, it'll make me money, it'll build me up. And I'm the important one here, so as long as I have the power, as long as I have the platform, it doesn't matter how I get it. And that's what he does. I've told you before, I have had some experience with uh, narcissists, my father and other people I've dealt with in my lifetime. I've actually done a study on them, especially with my father, as I've told you. I watched him very closely. I listened very closely. I saw what he did, why he did it, when he did it, how he did it. And I did that out of a survival mode for myself. I had to know how to protect myself from my father with that personality. And then as time went on, I was able to recognize it in other people, and I was able to handle those people. So right now, when I run across a narcissist, I have no problem with it because I understand them. I mean, they're fucked up. There's no question about it. But at least I understand them. And here's the thing about narcissists. If you understand them, if you get what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they're doing it, they're the easiest people to fucking manipulate. You cannot believe it. As long as you understand, keep your temperament, keep your composure, and you take away everything they're looking for, they get lost. And they'll either leave you alone or they'll run away from everything. Narcissists are easy to manipulate. I've told the story before. My father was a very successful salesman, made a lot of money in the 80s and the 90s, and he was a very good salesman. You know, and from time to time, my brother and him and I would go to him and say, look, I really want to get this, Dad, and he'd say no, until we learned how to deal with him. And once we learned how to deal with him, it was much easier getting him to buy into whatever we were asking for. While he was a very powerful, very successful salesman, he was very vulnerable to a sales pitch, if the sales pitch was done right. So if you're dealing with a narcissist, pay close attention to them. Look for the things that they want to get, and don't give it to them. Give them the exact opposite. This will confuse and confound them. And then you've got them, and then you can manipulate them in return. Basically, if you have a narcissist in your life, the only thing you can really do is get rid of them. Get them out of your life. They will do nothing but harm you and make your life miserable. I don't care who they are. Mom, dad, husband, whatever it is. You're not going to be able to fix them. There's going to be a point where they're going to cause a problem. Now, I had my problems with my father, and when I got married and had kids... I, you know, I haven't talked to my father much, if at all, in the last 15, 20 years. And people will say to me, well, you got to forgive your father. My dad's done a lot of fucked up shit to me, to my brother, to my sisters, to my mom. Um, and they'll say, you got to forgive him. 
you'll live with that all your life. And I always explain, no, no, that's not true. I don't have to forgive him because I don't hate him. And I don't hate him because he's inconsequential to me now. He's no longer part of my life. And the reason he's not part of my life is because I knew the dark cloud that he brought with him wherever he went. I had to live under it for a long time. But I refused to let my family, my wife, and my kids be under that dark cloud and suffer through the trials and tribulations of being connected to a narcissist. It wasn't that I was pushing him away to avoid him or that I hated him because he was inconsequential to me. I just didn't want to bring that kind of fucking energy into my family. And it's worked out just fine because I've not allowed that to happen. We're going to see a lot of narcissists implode because a lot of these Republicans, a lot of these Trump fucks are narcissists. And here's what you need to understand. Narcissists don't have to be rich and famous and powerful. Any economic level can have narcissists. <laughs> and they're all just as bad. The ones with money are a little more dangerous because they can get away with more stuff. Narcissists who are poor will probably end up in jail. Narcissists who are rich are a little smarter and uh, they have the power to stay out of trouble, at least for a certain period of time. But there are narcissists on every level. And as I've said before, the best thing you can do is get as far away from them as you can possibly get. Now, I said this segment was going to be about dumb fucks and Trump fucks. And we'll continue <laughs> with that vein. We know that GOP Trump fucks are idiots. Clearly, they are idiots. I mean, I listen to them talk, whether it be people in the House of Representatives, people in the Senate, Donald Trump himself, his administration. The things they say are absolutely fucking absurd. And we know that the people that follow these people don't get good information. They get all their information from Fox, OAN, Newsmax, what have you. So they don't know really what the truth is. I don't know why somebody did this, but I think it's funny. In a poll, 30% of the GOP Trumplefucks support the bombing of a city called Agrabah, presumably a Muslim city. Now, what you need to understand about Agrabah, <laughs> Agrabah is a fictional city from the animated movie Aladdin. I feel like the next boom occupation, the the area where there's going to be a lot of jobs, is going to be caregivers for vulnerable adults. Because Trump LaFucks, Republicans, all seem to be vulnerable adults. They're stupid. They don't grasp anything. They don't have any interest in learning the truth. They just want to hear what pushes their agenda. And half the time, 90% of the time, they are wrong fucking dead wrong. Now here's something that's not stupid, that's good news. Um, the House Select Committee has voted to refer Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino for criminal contempt of Congress. They didn't testify in front of the House Select Committee. They ignored subpoenas. 
You know, Peter Navarro is one of those narcissists. You just have to watch him on TV. He was a trade advisor. Have no idea fucking why, because the guy is ignorant. And then Dan Scavino was the uh, deputy chief of staff under Mark Meadows. Both of these two did not show up at the uh, House Select Committee testimony, and they have now been officially referred to the Department of Justice uh, for criminal contempt of Congress. Now, I know a lot of people are saying out there, well, when is the uh, DOJ going to do something? There's a lot of things going on. You have to understand, they just hired 131 new attorneys. They've got more cases than they have attorneys. They're busy. They're busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff to go through. But there is some things showing up now. It was good news to find out that uh, Merrick Garland does have a grand jury put together for things that happened around January 6th. And we know that they're getting closer to Donald Trump with their his inner circle of people about January 6th. Now understand, when there's a grand jury, there's only one reason to have a grand jury, to submit evidence and get indictments. So I know you're worried about Merrick Garland. He's going very, he's very um, um, slow about what he's doing, but he's trying to do it right. I still get frustrated with him because I think more could be done, but I don't know. I'm not a fucking lawyer. I don't work in the DOJ. I'm just like all of you that want to see some action, see it now. But at least we are seeing some action with the House Select Committee at this point. They are actually doing something. And now Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino have been re- uh, referred to the uh, DOJ for criminal contempt of Congress. And this should make them think a little bit, because once it's over at the DOJ, everything's kind of done. They're going to come up with an indictment. They're going to prosecute him. They can get as much as a year in jail, up to a $100,000 fine, and uh, it'll fuck up their lives. It'll fuck up their their uh, record. So we'll see what they want to do. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if these people come back and say, oh, I, I, I don't want this to happen. I'll testify now. And I've said this before, and I hope the people in the House Select Committee say, fuck you. You made your bed, lie in it. Go to court. We've got enough evidence. We've got seven, 800 people we've had testify. They've had Ivanka Trump. They've had Jared Kushner. They've had a lot of people testify. They probably have all the evidence they need, and uh, these two can fuck themselves. You put yourself in that position, go to court. Let's see how that fucking works out. That's what I'm hoping happens ultimately with this situation. Last thing I want to talk about real quickly, and and I just, I want to pound my head into a wall when I hear this. I keep hearing about these investigations, Durham and uh, Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton I keep hearing these people, oh, the big news is coming down. It's going to explode. It's finally they're going to be taken to task for all the crimes that they've committed. Hunter Biden's laptop and all this shit. First, let me say this. If Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden 
uh, is are guilty as the Republicans say. Say they're right about that. Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, ultimately guilty of everything the Republicans say or do. So the fuck what? These are both private citizens. Has nothing to do with what's going on in the government and the Democratic Party. They think they can own the Democrats by prosecuting these people, but it doesn't fucking matter. But here's the most important thing to remember. How many times in the last year and a half have we said, heard them say, oh, just wait tomorrow, next Thursday, next month, it's all coming down. But it never fucking comes down. It never, ever happens. <laughs> it's like Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah, go ahead and kick it. I'll hold it for you. And then she pulls it out from under them. This has been happening to them for a year and a half now. And they still buy into it. They still believe it. And that goes back to what I said about this segment. Trump the fucks, Republicans, they're all dumb fucks. They deserve what they get, and it won't end well for them. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for spending time with me. If you have questions, comments, complaints, um, send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. And uh, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and then you can leave a voicemail message. If you want to be anonymous, you can be that. If you don't want me to read it on the show, I won't do that. Um, If you want me to give out your name and address, probably still won't do that because that would be fucking stupid. Uh, And if you ask me that, I'm going to think better of it and not do it. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to tell you is look like I'll do a show. I'm going to be doing a show with Ed Jones on Friday. As soon as that's done, I'll put that out there. And I think what I'm going to do, I mentioned it yesterday, and this is, I think, the best way to do this. Um, I'm going to keep doing the Rational Boomer podcast as I do it. Generally, every day, from time to time, I will take a day or two off because I'm out of town or whatever I'm doing. But most days, I will be doing the Rational Boomer podcast. I will do the uh, shows with Ed Jones. There are different kinds of shows, so instead of replacing one of the Rational Boomer uh, podcast with an Ed Jones podcast, I'll just make the Ed Jones uh, extras. It might be one or two or maybe three a week that are extra, depending on how it all works out with Ed Jones and I and getting together and being able to do this. So that's what you can look forward to, and that's the way we'll do it. Anyway, you have a great day. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.